you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. We've got to get past week-to-week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure. That is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. this morning. I'm glad you're here. Glad the Lord is here. Let's see what God wants to do in this house today. 2 Corinthians, the fifth chapter, verse number 17, reading one verse into your hearing, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse number 17. When I began, you could probably quote it with me. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. With the help of the Lord, I'm going to preach a little while this morning. I feel the unction of the Holy Ghost today, and I feel the preacher is in the house today, and I feel his presence, and I'm going to do my best today to preach into your hearing from this title, Out with the Old and in with the new. Out with the old and in with the new. Lord, help us this morning to discover what you are speaking in this hour to this congregation, to these people. I pray, Lord, that your spirit, your help, and your hope rest upon every person in this room today. Let the anointing of God rest upon the messenger today as I deliver your word. Speak to our hearts today, Lord. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. I have always been somewhat intrigued with the art of restoration. Um, I have remodeled a few homes. Um, I have tinkered with a few old vehicles. And I have been intrigued with the art of restoration, even small items. I recognize my lifestyle and restoration doesn't work well together. And I I love the process. I love the project. I like, and I actually just, I enjoy, I enjoy the work. um, But time prevents me from being able to to do so on a regular basis. But it intrigues me. I, I have great respect for those who take an old rust bucket and turn it into a beautiful um, vehicle again that has maybe um, been neglected and set in the farm field and it's brought back to life or the old home, the old home that's been neglected and it's been brought back uh, to its pristine condition. And um, But I'm not always uh, an original, I'm not always personally 
uh, caught up with the original restoration as much as I am. I, I like to add modern conveniences. Our old home was built in 1906, so it's got a few years on it. It's older than any of you in this house, in this building today, um, except maybe a few, I don't know. It, it's, it's been around a while. It's, uh, it's undergone a few restorations and, and remodels, and when I began to um, restore that home about 25 years ago, I wanted to keep certain things original. I took the door hinges and, and the door handles and many of those things I took off. And they had years and layers of paint that was on them. Uh, they just, some of them hardly worked. They looked like they, they should have been thrown away. And I found a little company over in Lafayette. As a matter of fact, it's right just across the, the way from, from Cheddar's Restaurant. That's, you know, marketable place there. I, I, I do know where Cheddar's is. Thought thought you might know. Uh, it's right there, close. And I, I took I took those items over, and uh, they they stripped all of that old paint that was off that was on those items. They took it all off, and they asked me how I wanted it restored. And so I told them I wanted it because they were originally just steel. And I said I wanted it dipped in nickel and brushed. And so they did a brushed nickel finish. And I took all of those old things all the way down to, um, you know, the, the, the details. And we had those redone, brought those in. And I used that all throughout my house in the restoration process. And found it was much, much cheaper to do that than to go and even buy new, that, that, that art of, of restoration. I, I recently uh, have talked to you a few times about this project that I embarked upon, this this bathroom remodel upstairs and uh, I, I talk a lot about things that bring me pain and so this remodel project it's the remodel project I can't get to the end of um, I, it seemed like I, I I think I'm close and then then something else seems to to happen that I, I need to, to do more and and rework something redo something so I've been on this project for a while and I actually am the one that was responsible for the original uh, installation and remodel uh, 25 years ago, but 25 years later, the bathroom needed remodeled again, and I went in um, and started remodeling, and it was rather painful because I had to literally, uh, I did the, demoli the demolition, uh, for the most part, I did myself, Brother Chad helped me with some of it, and uh, I did a lot of the demolition myself and working involved in that. And while I was involved in that process, I'm, I'm cutting out an old tub, I'm taking tile off the walls that I actually put on the walls. I'm the one that built it. I'm the one that put it there. And, and I'm taking it all off due to a tub that started leaking. It got a crack in the bottom and uh, because whoever installed it back then uh, didn't install it properly. <sighs> Until my wife, she stepped out, I think. Um, and so it ended up with a crack in the bottom, and I had to, I had to remodel the bathroom. And so as, I, as I'm taking tile down that I put up, that I installed 25 years ago, it was painful because I had to rip out the old and, and put in the new. So um, it's, it's been quite a process. Um, but when I went back in with a new, I wanted many modern conveniences. And so I tried to add and make, make it make it 
better than it ever was. And in my mind, it may be so, but in all reality, probably what was originally installed there, I probably could never replace some of those qualities. I was talking to Brother David Townsend the other day, and he's doing a similar project at his house, but he's much smarter than I am. And so he's bringing a company in, and they're going to restore an old cast iron bathtub that he has. He said, he said I don't want to lose that cast iron bathtub. I said, really? And he said, oh, no. It was just a very quick. He didn't have to think twice about that. He, he, already, he already knew that he did not want to lose it. So he's going to have it restored. They're going to bring that old tub back to life. And when they're done, uh, we're, you know, he's going invite, to invite us all over to show off his craftsmanship and, uh, that he hired done. And we're going to, we're going to walk in and, and see that, that and we're going to say, Wow, man, I love the new bathroom, but in all reality, it's, it's going to be the same things, but it's going to be made new. Um, there's nothing wrong with old things. I, I need to start and establish this principle this morning that there's nothing wrong with, with old things. As a matter of fact, I think it's very hard today to match some of the qualities of many old things, yet some old things often need restored lest they be rendered useless over time and become valueless. My point is, is just because it's old doesn't make it good and just because it's old doesn't make it valuable or beneficial and just because it's old doesn't necessarily make it right. But at the same time, there are some things that we can learn from the old and we can draw from the old. Um, we can learn from old ways. The Bible talks about not forsaking old paths. And, and some of them we, we need to get back to. There are, some, there are some other ways we need to leave in order for us to be able to embark upon some new things, some new ways. If I take you back in, in the church and talk about in the 1950s when uh, bus ministries were very popular, were very, very popular in that day and the method of church growth was often built around bus ministry. We still have bus ministry and uh, it, it serves a whole different purpose today than it did in the 1950s. In the 1950s, churches was, would get together. That's, you know, 70 years ago. They would get together and they would walk through the streets, even here in, in Frankfurt perhaps, and would knock on doors and, and, and uh, they, you know, mom would put down the, 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 um, the, the, the pots and pans and take off the apron and go to the door and be met with a smiling, friendly face from the church down the road. And they would say, we would like to come and pick up your kids for church on Sunday. And they would say, well, sure, what is your name? And they would say, well, my name is. And they would say, well, pleased to meet you. Sure, come pick up my kids Sunday morning. And what time will you be here? And so Sunday morning, uh, mom can't get the kids ready quick enough to get them out the door and put them on this bus to go to church. We live in a different day today. 
Somebody knocks on your door and says, I want to pick up your kids and take them somewhere that you've never been before. Mom ain't putting down an apron. Whole different world we live in, so we have to allow, there has to be a, a, a generational shift, a change in our thinking of how we approach certain things. It's, uh, but yet at the same time, there's some things that we must never neglect and we must never walk away from. While the function of a bus ministry is still very powerful and very important, it takes on a different appearance today than it did 70 years ago. It looks different today than it did 70 years ago. Many things we complain about the church isn't what the church used to be, but the truth is, is the church has had to adjust and shift with some of the times, but yet there are some of the old things, that the old paths that we have to stick and we have to stay strong on. We, we can never leave this doctrine. We can never leave this truth. We can never walk away from hero Israel. The, one, the Lord our God is one Lord. We can never walk away from Jesus' name, baptism, and holiness living. Come on, somebody. We must remain firm and solid and steadfast. It's good for us to reflect on some of the Old things that God has done, experiences when God worked things for our good, certain revival services that I go back to even in my mind's eye as, as a young person myself and now 40 years later reflecting back on things that happened in my early teenage experiences living for God. I, I, I could take you back to the place and the time where I first received the baptism of the Holy Ghost uh, and, and I, I can go back there and reflect and remember what it was like, what that experience, that night, that moment, I, I, I so remember. I, I remember the first person I saw when I opened my eyes after praying for a space of time was my dad weeping with his face right in mine. And he said, son, do you know what just happened to you? And I looked at him and I was like, well, I I, I think so. And he said, did you hear yourself speaking with other tongues? And I said, yes, I did. And he said, son, do you know that means you just received the baptism of the Holy Ghost? And we, 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 he grabbed me and hugged me. And, and, and I don't even know how I got up on the altar. But he, I was standing up on the altar as a seven-year-old. And he, he hugged me and then set me down off of the altar onto the floor. I still remember that feeling. More than 45 years has passed but I go back to that moment and I reflect there. But can I tell you this morning that God did not save us to run on old experiences. The, but, but everything that the Lord did in times of old, He still offers today. But He offers it afresh and anew. We need the fresh and the new that He has for us today. Acts chapter 3. When times of refreshing, everybody say refreshing. When times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord, it's, it's a fresh touch of an old thing. It's times of refreshing. It's a fresh touch of an old thing. I, I've, I've drank water all my life. I've drank it all my life. But a cool glass of water on a hot day never gets old. 
but I don't want a glass of water that's been sitting around for days because that water becomes stagnant. But I want fresh water. I want to be, I want to be filled with something that is fresh, not old and, and stagnant. I'm trying to help somebody today. The, the idea is, is that you have to empty yourself out. You have to pour yourself out if you want to be refilled with a fresh touch from heaven. you got to get this. God can't pour into a vessel that is full. So when he fills you today, you've got to pour yourself out this week so when you show back up to church next week, he can fill you back up all over again. Let me try to help you with this just a little bit. Otherwise, if you don't pour yourself out, if he just pours in and there's no pouring out of yourself, you'll just become stagnant. How do you pour yourself out? We pour ourselves out. This is why our prayer life is so very important. Can I just talk to you for a little bit today? I'm trying to help somebody understand. Some spiritual growth principles are about to be revealed on this platform this morning. For those of you that wonder why we come to church every week and it's let's go deeper in God, let's go higher in God, let's get more of God. And everybody says, I, I'm full of God. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm full all the way up to here. The issue is, is God wants to fill you up. He fills you up to overflowing. As a matter of fact, when joy begins to show out of us, when I believe when we begin to speak with other tongues, it's, it's, what, what, that is a simple sign that we have been filled all the way up to the very, to the very brim. Yesterday I pulled up to uh, the, the fuel pump and I, I put the pump, I put the nozzle in my in, in, in the tank of my truck. And uh, when I when 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 I'm pumping, I get to I get to a specific point and I'm standing outside. I, nobody has to warn me or tell me. I, as a matter of fact, I know it's going to happen because I can hear the sound of that fuel that is going in. And when I when it starts getting close to the top. I start hearing a change in the sound. Anybody with me this morning? The sound begins to change as it begins to feel, as it begins to feel. That's why when you're praying with somebody in the altar and when they get about to that point where they're about to feel and begin to overflow, when they be, are just about to reach the point that they receive the Holy Ghost evidence by speaking with other tongues, you will begin to see a shift and hear a shift in them because there it is an overflow. It is something that is about out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water when he fills you up, it's going to begin to flow out of you. So the idea is we must be poured out. How do you do that? Through prayer, through worship. In my prayer, I pour myself out unto the Lord. I'm talking about getting into a prayer than that is more than just the kind of prayer of a God we just prayer. I hear these prayers prayed all the time. God, we just want you to bless us today. 
God, we just want you to help us and, and make our lives better and make us happy. And, and, and God, we, we just want, God, we just want, and God, we just want. And God, if you'll just, well, I want you to bless them and them and bless them and me and them and me and me and them. That's not a pour out kind of prayer. I need a little help from some elders in this house this morning that knows what your pastor's preaching about today. We need a prayer. We need to pray like David prayed when he said, purge me with hyssop. Put something in me that makes everything in me come out. He says, he says, purge me. He says, purge me with hyssop. Wash me that I may be clean. Take every evil way out of me. We need to get beyond the bless me prayers. I'm talking about a pour out prayer where we go and say, God, I want you to take this bad attitude out of me. I want to take, Lord, you got to take this foul spirit out of me. You got to take this anger out of me, this malice out of me, this envy out of me, this pride. God, you got to, you got to take it out of me. It didn't come through a, oh God, just bless me kind of prayer. You got to have a pour out prayer. Take some things out of me. Wash some things off of me. We need prayer that gets all of the flesh out of us. I've met people, they say, I spoke in tongues one time, but I don't need to ever do it again. Because I'm just full, he just filled me up. You're full. Full of something. Full of self. You need to pour yourself out. You're full of things. You need to pour those things out of yourself. Too full of me? Let me pour myself out so I can be, Lord, let me pour myself out of me so that I can be filled up with you. Because the battle I find through the scripture with the flesh is that the flesh is, 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 is the, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. In other words, we, we, we want all about us. And he's saying, if you'll get rid of me, I will pour myself back into you. But you've got to get the me out of me. You've got to pour yourself out. Look at your neighbor and tell him you've got to pour it out. You've got to pour yourself out. You've got to pour your pride out. It doesn't, it's not just going to wake up one morning and pride be gone out of you. You've got to pray that pride out. You gotta worship that pride out. That's why oh, we live in a day that everybody wants to stand and just give a little courtesy clap, but sometimes we need to step out in the aisle and say it doesn't matter if nobody else in this church is gonna worship. I'm gonna step out. What are you doing? You're making a, 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 a scene. You're, you're making yourself, no, I'm getting rid of some pride. I'm getting rid of some pride. I'm just gonna, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm getting rid of some pride because this is uncomfortable. I gotta get pride out of me. I gotta get some me out of me because I want Whoa, I want him to fill me up with fresh anointing. Sometimes we just got to get along with God and pour ourselves out. 
Somebody asked me about our season of fasting and prayer and why we see so many good things during that season. And then what happens the rest of the year? i tell you why we see so many things during that season. Because when we start fasting and praying, it starts getting some things out of us and God starts pouring fresh things into us. It's just that, just that simple. But we get so full of self, so full of flesh, We've got to pour some things out. I wonder this week how many of you would take what I'm preaching seriously enough to say, Pastor, I'm going to pray and fast this week so when I walk in here next Sunday, I'm going to be emptied out of me, emptied out of my flesh so I can be filled up with what he wants to fill me up with. Something fresh. We've got to pour ourselves out so God can refill us with fresh anointing. We have to pour out flesh in order to make room for the Spirit. Is that making sense to you this morning? Shout, pour it out. Shout, pour it out. I got to pour out myself. I got to pour it out. If you don't conquer this flesh, this flesh will destroy the flow of God's freshness in your life. And your relationship will become stagnant. We've got to be out with the old and in with the new. Well, pastor, I just got a fresh touch back last month. You need to pour that out. You need to pour that out so that he can pour something fresh in. You've got to have it fresh in you. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are. Old things, old things, old things are. Passed away and all things, all things are become new. God changes the old person into a new person. The only way he can do that is he has to get, we have to get rid of who we were so that he can fill us with who he wants us to be. That's why repentance is so very important. We don't just rush and say, hey, go get baptized. But we got to have a time of repentance where we are pouring our old self out. We are getting rid of our old self so that he can put something new in us. We raise out of that water with the promise of the infilling of the Holy Ghost. How does it happen? It's because we are open now. We are empty now. We are clean now. In other words, we just sent this vessel through the through the uh, homogenization process. We just sent it through the, 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 the dishwasher. What's it called? When they sterilize it, when it comes out clean and fresh. Uh, we go down in water and the blood of Jesus washes us and cleanses us and we come out and now we're a vessel that is ready to be filled. Shout out with the old and in with the new. Isaiah prophesied of a day, he said, remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. He said, behold, I will do a new thing. Everybody say a new thing. A new thing. In other words, he will do an unexpected thing, a new thing. First Samuel chapter 3, Samuel says, Behold, I will do, God is, speak, God is speaking through Samuel. He says, Behold, I will do a new thing. Everybody say new thing. 
I will do a new thing in Israel, which both of the ears of the people that hear it are, are, are going to tingle. Here's what I believe. I believe God wants to do a new thing in the church. And hear me, hear me, hear me close this morning. Hear me close this morning. It's not really anything that is new. What it is, it is something that is fresh. Let me help you. Let me help you with this this morning. God is a God of newness. He says in Hebrews chapter 10, there is a new and a living way. Yet it is not new at all. He actually, what he's saying is I want you to return back to the point of freshness. Yeah, in the wilderness, there was fresh manna every morning. Everybody say freshness. There was fresh manna every morning. They had to throw the tent flaps up, and they went out and got fresh manna every morning. How is it that you've eaten bread all your life, but you still look at it and say, I got to have a piece of bread with this. I need a piece. Why is it that you want bread? You don't want just any bread. You want fresh bread. How is it that the manna in the wilderness they went out and ate it every morning it was because it was new every morning it was fresh same old recipe but it was fresh every morning the Bible said it was new every morning that's why what he's wanting to do in Christian life church is not something that's never been done before but yet it is a new thing because it is a fresh thing in your life I wish somebody would hear your preacher this morning as I'm telling you he wants to fill you with new wine it's not wine you've never tasted before. It's fresh wine. He wants you to pull up to the master's table and eat what my grandpa and grandpa ate. But it's fresh to us this morning. Oh, somebody give the Lord a shout of praise. I'm just telling you, my wife can cook pork chops better than anybody I know. My mama made pork chops, but I'm, I'm not one of those husbands that say, you don't cook like my mama. Woo. Listen, that lady of mine can cook. I didn't get this pleasant by accident. She cooked this pleasant into me. She can cook pork chops. Kayla sat down the other day. My wife cooked pork chops just before her surgery. Kayla said, these are the best pork chops I ever had in my life. I'm telling you. You'd say it too. You need to talk her into making you some. That's all I can say. She cooks those pork chops. She always cooks more than what we can eat. Any, any of the rest of you ladies... You know, well, you can't just cook a little bit. There's, there's, there's going to be four people. You've got to cook about ten pork chops. I get up the next day, go to the fridge, and guess what I do? <laughs> Pull out a pork chop. I'm going to tell you, I put it in the microwave, heat it up, it's all right. But it isn't as good as it was the day before. It sits there in that refrigerator for a day or two. I'm not messing with that pork chop. Uh-uh. I'm not messing with that pork chop. There's nothing wrong with a pork chop. It's not poisonous. There's nothing wrong with the seasoning and the way it was made. The issue is it's not fresh anymore. I'll say, hey, baby, we need some more pork chops. 
And you know what that means? I need a fresh batch of pork chops. I need you to cook something. That's what God is trying to speak to this church. We get the attitude, oh, well, I, you know, I got it back in February. I got touched back in February. I got a blessing back in February. You need to pour that out, and you need to get back in this altar. You need to get back in your, on your prayer bones. You need to get back into fasting. You need to get back into worship. You need to engage so that he can fill you with something new. Yet it's not new at all. It's just fresh. It's a fresh batch of the old. It's what he poured out on the day of Pentecost. It was good for the apostles and it was good for grandma and grandpa it was good for it was good last week but I need it fresh today oh somebody give God a shout of praise shout pour it out you gotta pour yourself out you gotta be out with the old out with the old in order to make room for the new he promises, God gives us all kind of promises. I've, I've got to hurry. He, he leaves us all kind of promises. He promised that he would make us a new creature. Yet, I'm still the same old guy. I still go by the same name. I, I, my wife is gone. I went in to get some clothes out of my closet this week, and I thought... I need to clean out this closet. Now, when my wife cleans out the closet, I get nervous, and my checkbook starts squealing. She's cleaning out the closet again. I know what that means. I got stuff in my closet that's been in my closet for five years. I've had good intentions, and I haven't worn it. Because I go back and pull out the same old thing, and I put it on. You see me every... You know, I got about a two-week cycle there. I'll just wear the same things over and over again. I got a closet full of clothes. I just don't wear them because there's something about them. They're not comfortable. I, I just don't, you know, they don't look good with my hair. <laughs> I thought this week, how silly of me. My closet's just so packed full. I don't have room. Everything gets all wrinkled. It's all pushed in together. And, and I thought, I, I need to clean about two-thirds of that out, and I need to get it out of there because I just keep on doing the same things over and over. Listen, if you're in a pattern that you were stuck in your relationship with God, you just feel like I'm just doing the same things over and over again. Let, let, me, let me tell you what. The best advice that I can give you this morning is you need to get some things out of your life. If it's just the same old pattern, I'm just, I'm just doing the same old thing. You need to get some things out of your life to make room for some new things to come in. You need some old habits to get out of your life. You need some old ways. I, I wish I had a preaching church this morning. You need some old things to get out of you to make room for God to put some new things in your wardrobe. He needs to put some new things in your spirit. He needs to do some fresh things in you. You understand what I'm talking about today? When all the distractions of yesterday are cleared so that you can focus on what God is wanting to do in your life today. And it's a new 
thing. It's a fresh thing. It's not just something to say on Sunday morning when the worship leader gets up. The idea is, is we must pour out ourselves so that he can fill us up fresh and new. Somebody says, how many levels are there? I don't know. I don't know how many how many places has God taken us to. What, what's all this? It, you know, I got to have fresh oil today. Got to have fresh oil. Absolutely. I got to have something new today. What's wrong with the old? The old just becomes stagnant and God planned on us to pour it out, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. If it's flowing out, it's then it's going to be flowing in. But nothing can flow in until it first flows out. Because we let our life get cluttered. We like this and we like that and we enjoy this and enjoy that and we start cluttering our life with all the things we are secure with and we like and it fits well and it, it's, it's, my, it's my plan and my purpose and it starts clogging us. The way we think, it just we keep going back to the same thing. The Bible is full of people that had those things, but they had to undergo makeovers. Did, did you know there were makeovers in the Bible? They, they did. They had makeovers in the Bible. That's right. They didn't just get made over. They even got name changes. That's right. They, they weren't having identity crisis. God just said, I just made you over anew so much that I had to change your name. That's where Samuel told Saul that he would be changed into another man. Jacob was a, de- was a deceiver, but Jacob became Israel. He went from a deceiver to, to a prince with power with God. You see, they had to undergo the name change. They, 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 they went from Saul to Paul. There had to be, there was a complete identity change. He went from persecuting the church to being the greatest proponent of the church and writing the majority of the New Testament. I come to you today to tell you that God can make you over afresh and anew, but you've got to let him take some things out of you so you're not what you used to be and he can make you a new creature. He wants to put new principles in you. He wants to fill you with new desires. He wants to inspire Fresh faith in you. I've got to hurry. I'm skipping along here. He wants to fill you with fresh fire, new power, fresh oil. He wants to fill you. Every person in this room this morning, Pastor, I've been at this a long time. Then you of all people ought to know you got to get on your you got to get on your face in prayer and say, God, everything that I've collected that's not like you, everything that's not pleasing to you, I, everything, God, everything in my life. I need. It's not you're not a good person. I'm not preaching against sin this morning. I'm preaching against clutter in your life. I, I'm preaching against the things, the cares of this world that begin to clog up our life, begin to fill up every shelf and every place and every spot. I've noticed in our house, if there's a spot before long, it'll start collecting something. Something will start sitting there. There, That looks like a good place. I'm going to sit it there. I'm going to, and I got room over here. I'll put it over there. And sometimes we have to go through and say, ah, it's time. We got we to gotta declutter the house. We got to get this stuff out of here. It's got to go. The same is true with your walk with God. He is calling you this morning. He says, I want to feel you 
with fresh anointing. I want you to have a fresh touch, but you got to start decluttering. You got to start getting rid of some things. Lord, if there be a bad spirit, take it out of me. Lord, if I've just lost my worship, Lord, I need to get some worship back. I need to get some fresh things back into my life. I'm closing this morning. Give them some hope, please. John chapter 4. Jesus meets a woman at the well, and he said, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that says to you, Give me a drink, you would ask of him, and he would give you a drink of living water. And then he goes on and he says, And the water that I shall give you shall be in you a well springing up into everlasting life. Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You, you will receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And, 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 and on and on and on, the Scripture is giving us examples of what God wants to do in our lives. I've preached my message to you this morning. I'm not going to re-preach it. But I want to come to you this morning and tell you that if you will come this morning and say, God, let me get back to the point where I am pouring myself out daily. Do you know what the apostle meant when he said, I die daily? This is exactly the same idea, same principle. He's saying, I go back every day. Lord, take the evil ways out of me. Child of God, stop living on your past experience. Oh, you're going to reflect on it and remember it. You're going to go back to it and say there was nothing like it. But God's got some brand new places he wants to take you to. The only way you're going to get there is when you walk away and begin to say, hey, I've got room for him to refill me afresh and anew. I've got room for him to pour out on me all over again. Anybody in this place this morning want to be filled afresh and anew? Anybody in this house this morning want a fresh touch from God? Stand with me all over this room this morning. My strength from yesterday is gone. I need a brand new touch. These altars are open this morning. If you want a fresh touch from the Lord, if you want that fresh oil poured down upon you like upon Aaron's head and it flows all the way down, all the way on to the, through his beard, all the way down to the floor, through his garment. If that's you this morning and you want that fresh touch, step from where you are, walk to the front of this room and say, God, I'm pouring myself out so you can pour yourself in. Come on, that's great. Let's keep responding this morning. There's room. There's room for more. Pour yourself out to him this morning. Come and pour yourself out to him this morning. Come pour yourself out to him today. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. for you today. Something fresh for you today. Let this be that time of refreshing.